In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So we've heard this uh, phrase, this sentence, He must increase and I must decrease, several times before. We know that this is the most humble statement that St. John says, and it's really a reflection of his whole life. It's a reflection of the, the heart of the Orthodox Christian faith, is humility, this idea of always increasing the presence of God in our life so that He becomes so big that we disappear. He becomes so big, He increases so much that we become smaller and smaller and smaller until He is all that people see in us. He is the one that lives in us. He is the one that people experience. His joy radiates, His peace radiates, and His life radiates out into the world. And so, Humility is really at the heart of the Christian faith. We have to wonder why it even matters. We talk about humility in this lofty way. We talk about humility as this beautiful virtue. But you see a lot of people out in the world and they impose their way. And quite often they get their way. A lot of people use force. They're not gentle. And they get by and they're successful. Right? I don't have to give you examples, but we know many people out in the world. But for us as Christians, unless we're convinced that humility really is the path to life, that it's essential for God to increase and for me to decrease, then there's no way for me to walk this path of humility. I have to be convinced that this is the right path, and this is the best path. This is the most joyful path, and this is in a sense, also the most powerful path. It's not a path of weakness, but it's a path of strength. St. Porphyrius says, With humility you attract the grace of God. You surrender yourself to the love of God, to worship and to prayer. But even if you do all in the world, you achieve nothing if you haven't acquired humility. Humility is the most essential ingredient in every part of our life. A lot of times we, we may even excel in different areas, we may succeed in achieving certain virtues, but that could even be to our detriment. Let's say we increase in our obedience, right? And we can listen to Abuna telling us to do this or that, we can listen to mom and dad telling us to do that, but then at the end of the day, I feel better about myself and my strength and my ability, and I walked around with my head held up high, then that obedience was not real obedience, because obedience is humble. Obedience is crucifying my will, right? And so a lot of times, our virtues are even compromised by the lack of obedience that should accompany those virtues, right? And that's why humility is so intricate, Right? It's an interior quality. You can't really see it. A lot of times we see cer- certain acts that look humble, but in reality they're not. And certain acts that may not look so humble, but in reality they are. So there's a pretty cool story whenever uh, a-, a young monk entered a monastery and he seemed to be very humble. Everybody would insult him and he would just brush it off. He didn't really care about you know, staying in the spotlight or defending himself. And all the monks around were wondering, how is this young monk so humble? Like he's able to 
just brush off any insult. He doesn't talk back. He listens. Like, what's, what's his deal? How did he reach this great humility in such a young age? So they went to ask him, like, what's your secret? And he's like, what are you talking about? What secret? Like, look, everybody insults you. You don't talk back. You don't fight for your rights. Like, what is it? He says, oh, those insults? The, you, you mean whenever those guys call me names and stuff? Like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I don't pay attention to those dogs. <laughs> so to him, he was better than them. And so they're not worth his frustrations. They're not worth giving them any attention and fighting for his rights. And so what looked like humility was actually pride. And, and that's why we say humility is the most divine attribute because it really is a reflection of the heart of God. And that's why it attracts the grace of God. Because in as much as we increase in humility, what happens? We increase in our likeness to Christ. This is the reality of our life, that we walk with humility. The beauty of humility is that we don't really have to step into a new world. We just recognize the world that exists in our life. We recognize the reality of our own condition. St. Vincent de Paul says, Humility is nothing but truth, whereas pride is nothing but lying. Humility is nothing but truth. This is the reality of my life. This is my condition. That God has given me these strengths and these weaknesses. God has given me these struggles. And, and to make any more or less of that is a matter of pride. And so recognizing that with a real spirit of honesty. A lot of times you see people walking around deflecting compliments as if like that's the humble thing to do. Like, oh, I'm nothing walking around with my head bowed low and this and that. But if God gave me a gift, why would I not put that gift on a pedestal? And this is something beautiful in the life of St. Therese of Lisieux, where she says that I recognize my life as a beautiful flower. Right? And if the gardener who has worked to make this flower beautiful put in all this effort and really cared to cultivate it, why would I not glorify the gardener and honor the gardener by recognizing the, pu- the beauty of what he planted. Right? And, and God has planted so many good things in our life that we should honestly praise him and honor him for those gifts. Right? But we have to be careful that we, we don't attribute those gifts to our own strength and our own merit and our own credibility. Right? They're gifts. And so we have to recognize that we really are nothing without God. Right? And that's why St. John says, He must increase, but I must decrease. To recognize that means I'm aware of my nothingness. To recognize that means without me, God can do everything He wants. Without me, the world's not going to stop. Right? Even me as Father Joseph, as the priest, if I'm not here tomorrow, you know what? The world is going to continue. God's kingdom will expand. The church will grow. Like The ministry of God is not dependent on me. And that's what humility is all about. To recognize that I'm nothing but a tool. And God has many tools. Father Matthew the poor says, Beware of thinking highly of yourself. Never feel 
that without you the world would stop. For yourself would seem great and grand in your own eyes. Know instead that God can use another to do the work better than you. He can make the weak mighty and the mighty weak, the wise foolish and the foolish wise. Everything good and useful in you is from God and not from you. And so this is how all of the saints lived. Remember this story I've shared with you a few times before. Whenever this monk increased in his spiritual life and was praying and fasting and started to get closer and closer and closer to God. And one day, an angel appeared to him. He said, because you have increased in so much of your spiritual life, God has sent me to reveal to you all the heavenly mysteries and to reveal to you all of the mysteries of the spiritual life. And so as soon as the monk saw this angel appear to him and and, telling him that God is going to show him all this stuff because he's so holy now, he said, you must have the wrong cell. (laughs) The holy monk that you're looking for is the one next door. And immediately, this angel that came to visit him disappeared because it was a demon in disguise. And so for us, a lot of times we think, oh, I deserve this because I worked that hard. But even if I worked hard at something, who gave me the ability to work hard? Right? And a lot of times we say, look, God is going to give you the strength and, and the power to do this and this and this. At least put in the work. Put in the work from your end. You should at least have the desire to do it. But then St. Paul says in Philippians 2.13, it is he who gives us both the will and the ability to work for his good pleasure. So even the will to work, the desire to work, comes from who? Comes from God. Right? And so this is the heart of humility, to recognize that nothing comes from me. Right? And it doesn't mean that I belittle myself. That's not humility. Because again, humility is just honesty. Right? Yes, God has given me gifts and strength, and I should use that for His glory. Right? But to belittle myself is an insult to what God has given me. So remember, I always define humility the way C.S. Lewis puts it. Humility is not to think less of yourself, but it's to think of yourself less. Right? It doesn't mean I belittle myself. It doesn't mean I think less of myself. It doesn't mean I, I take my value from here to here. But, but it means less of my thoughts throughout the day revolve around my own needs and my own opinions and what I want. So at the end of the day, I should reflect on the day and, and when I think about how often I thought about myself, that will give me a good idea of the extent of my humility. Was I thinking of myself less often? Right? That's humility. This virtue is essential in our interactions with each other. If you've ever encountered a humble person, you're attracted to them. Right? There is this divine quality that attracts you. Because you truly recognize the presence of God in that person's life. Pope Shunura says, When you co-work with someone, advance them before you in everything. Give them the superiority. Give them the credit. 
and relate to them what you would have tried to relate to yourself of greatness. Try to disappear so that God may appear and so that your brethren may appear. And this is the reason why everyone loves the humble person. The humble person is loved by all because the humble person elevates everyone else. You feel a million times bigger in the presence of a humble person. And I'm sure everybody can relate to that. Right? I mean, how big do you think the Samaritan woman felt in the presence of Christ? So even though he convicted her and he exposed the darkness in her heart, he gave her such love that he was willing to talk to her, even to ask her for some water. The Jew has no place to talk to a Samaritan. But he still spoke to her. He still gave her attention. He lowered himself down to her feet. And because of that, she felt bigger than the whole world. And because of this love she experienced, this humility that she experienced, she was converted. Right? This is what changes us more than anything else. Remember in the Synexarium that we read today, of course we commemorate the, the Holy Virgin Saint Mary, but in the shadow of the Theotokos, there's another beautiful saint, and that's Saint Hilaria. Remember, she wanted to become a monk, and obviously it doesn't go well whenever you're in the first couple of centuries because there aren't many convents established at that time. So she goes to Abba Bemwa and she says, I want to be a monk. And he says, okay, let's change your name to Hilary the eunuch. Like, okay, fine. You know, she left her family, her parents and her sister. She stays out there in asceticism for a few years. Then she finds out that her sister is sick, right? And that all of the monks have been praying, trying to heal her sister, right? Everyone's there praying for days, praying and praying and praying. Finally, Abba Bimwa says, let's send Hillary. Right? So Hillary goes out, and what does she do? She prays for her sister. After she prays, what happens? Her sister is healed. Then what does she do? The very next thing, of course, she embraces her sister because, you know, she can't check her love for her sister. But what's the very next thing that she does? She goes to the monks and she says, because of your prayers, she was healed. I would have been like, like you guys really needed me to come out here. <laughs> if I didn't come out here, she would have been as good as that. <laughs> But she just totally stepped out of the spotlight. Like, clearly, you're the one who healed her. <laughs> you did all the work. But in, in her mind, it wasn't like a matter of playing tricks and, and pretending like she did nothing. No, to her, she really considered herself nothing but a tool. And, and she considered that she did nothing. So that's why she went to the... Yeah, it must have been through their prayers. I, who am I to heal anyone? Right? That's what it means to disappear. That's what it means for God to increase and for us to decrease. So humility elevates us to the pinnacle of the spiritual life. We increase by the increase of God, right? Not by the increase of our ego. Right? We reach the height of heaven through 
the grace of God increasing in our life. That's why St. John Climacus says, if Satan fell from heaven by nothing but pride, we might ask, if man can reach the height of heaven by nothing but humility. So if we have humility, if we really recognize our nothingness, not to pretend, but going back to the reality of our nothingness, because humility is nothing but truth. If we recognize the truth of our life, then the grace of God increases in our life and He elevates us. So as St. Isaac says, the humble man is not of this world. If you've ever been in the presence of a humble man, you recognize that you're in the presence of something divine. I'll leave you with a beautiful story that we all know about, but there's a specific little part that doesn't get enough attention in this story. You know the story of the movie of the Al-Muqatta mountain, right? And so, during this time, there was a caliph, his name is Al-Mu'iz, and he would entertain different debates for different religious figures to come around and have their religious debates. Okay? And during one of these debates, the Jewish caliph, Yaqub ibn Khalis, I always have to remind myself of his name, but he has this debate with Amba Abraham. Okay? And so as they're debating, he references the verse that we all know, if you have as much faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. So he says, look, this is what your Bible says. So I need you to prove it. If you don't prove it, then all the cops are dead. Okay, so this is now time to put your money where your mouth is. So he says, okay, walks away, and he's like thinking about it. He says, you know what, let's just dedicate some time to fast and pray. So we're good, we're good at that as Coptic Orthodox Christians. We don't know what to do, we fast and pray. And why do we always do that? Because it always works. <laughs> and so he says, let's fast and pray for three days. He fasts and prays for three days. And then at the end of the third day, he goes into the church of El um, Malaka. And he prays, St. Mary appears to him, and she tells him, go to the market, you're going to find a man, his name is Simon, in, in Arabic, Saman al-Kharaz, Simon the carpenter. And he'll, he'll take care of this. He'll be the one to make this miracle happen. So he says, okay, he goes to the market and finds this carpenter. He has just one eye. <laughs> He's like, all right, this is a very simple man. And so he tells him, he says, yes, yes, this is what we need to do. We need to go to the, to the Mukata mountain and pray Kirelaison, Kirelaison, and do Matanias, prostrations, and just pray and God will make it happen. He says, okay, they all go and all of the priests and the Christians go to the Mukata mountain and they all start praying Kirelaison, prostrations, and everything. We all know the story, right? What happens to the mountain? It literally rises and moves, right? After this, like the patriarch, Amba Abraham, who witnessed this miracle, the story goes like this. He says, he looked to his left and he looked to his right because he was trying to find Simon, right? And he was nowhere to be found. He was nowhere to be found. Now, I don't know about you, but... If I just move the mountain, I'm going to want to celebrate for a little bit, take a little bit of credit. <laughs> but to him, 
I, I did nothing. God moved the mountain. I'm just a vessel. To him, God was so big that he was nothing. The only way for us to disappear is for God to increase. That's why in that phrase that St. John the Baptist says, He must increase, but I must decrease. What comes first is the increase of God. Right? When God becomes a reality in my life. <laughs> and that's what it means to be simple and humble like a child. <laughs> May God give us this spirit of humility, this spirit of reflecting God, this, this spirit of love, that, that we may also move the mountains in our life. That God increases to such an extent that others experience Him in our life, that others are also converted unto Him. Is do all glory forever. Amen.